Hit Welcome. It. Hit it. You've made it tough shit. Podcast puts your first world problems into perspective. Chris is over here hyperventilating. I am hyperventilating. I get so excited. And it's been three weeks since I've had a microphone in front of me. Or had, no, I have, I've had headphones on. I just haven't, it's been three weeks since we recorded. Your, your erection is knocking the table over right now. There's just... no way it would reach that far. <laughs> uh, yeah, so welcome to the show. We're your hosts. I'm Corey. I'm Chris. And yeah, you've made it to tough shit. Um, if you want to see some more of us on the interwebs, we're on Instagram at TS Podcast Official. You'll see some silly pictures and all that jazz. Yeah. I think today's, though, I think Mandy sent some old photos over when I looked a lot yes. better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Today's uh, picture is going to have a, uh, associated with this episode, is going to have a, an old throwback picture. Yes. From and we were better looking younger men. Yeah. The other, uh, they really like got children. It. knocked home. <laughs> The other weekend when we were at some friend's house and their six-year-old, is, uh, I was laughing about something, which is something I'm not going to do anymore. Um, asked me why my teeth were yellow. Uh. And then the whole room went quiet. You know, one of those things where, like, <laughs> kid's not supposed to say that. Just, yeah. Oh, you don't say that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Six-year-old just yeah. putting you down about your So, like, chompers. they're not even that bad, but I know I'm a smile ambassador. Yeah. I'm going to try to learn how to smile with my lips around my teeth. Yeah. So and you so look like you not, have no teeth? Not only can I no longer show my toes in public, but apparently you can't, the one thing I had left was my smile. Now you can't show I can't every, smile anymore. Yeah, you can't show anyone though that row of uh, corn kernels you got going on there. Yellow teeth and sunken <laughs> eyes. And these <laughs> headphones won't even stay on from the grease coming out of my ears. <laughs> What are we doing today? Uh, all right. We got a full episode on festivals. It might be a long one. It might be, yes. Uh, festivals or perhaps carnivals, fairs, or fiestas. I put it down as festival season yeah. in my notes. It, it, yeah. However you want to look at I'm going to back off a little bit from the microphone. Yeah, that you should. a little too close. You should chill out. Okay. <laughs> Take a breath. We're recording. All right. It's happening. Yes. It's already Woo-hoo! happening. All right. So, yeah, we got a full episode today. It's yep. uh, Heart of Summer, and Corey yeah. has been coming up with pretty much all of our topics, and he thought festivals would be fun because it's festival season. It is. It's the middle of summer. That's usually... Uh, and, like a lot of them were canceled this year and last year, but yes. in the past... Yeah, they're, they're coming back around, though. Good. Uh, so, yeah, it's July. We haven't uh, put an episode out this month until now. It's toward the middle of the month. We kind of oh, had a... yeah. Uh, Can I take we're, a- We were supposed to... Well, we, we told everyone last month that we thought it was going to be a little weird, but we actually put out more content last month than usual. So we're making it up for this by, month, by being a week behind. Yeah. So... Can I make that. a comment real quick? Sure. I just thought it because the last episode... I kind of want to pull a John Cena and walk back my comments on John Cena because I've been remember what I said. Oh, John about, China. Yeah, one so, night, in China, one night in Cena. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching a lot of shit on Suicide Squad, and whenever I see him, like, just all fucking muscles and just like, yeah, I, I have this. I'm terrified that he's going to listen to the show, and <laughs> he's, he's going to be thinking down. about me talking about him fucking the guy from the president of China, and I. <gasps> I kind of want to walk it back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'd be more concerned about the Chinese government hunting you down. Oh, why? Because they're ruthless. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck. Yeah. You got it from both ends now, pal. So, ooh. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We can put that in One Night in China. Uh, Yeah. One Night in... Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. 
we have an episode about festivals. Apparently a very long one. So yes, maybe we it's should be dial longer back than usual. Uh, usual. So, all right. Christopher, have you ever been to any festivals? It's a stupid question. It's like well, what, yeah, what, like, what types what's your favorite color or do you like music? <sighs> what type Red? of festivals have you been to? Well, I do like music. Okay. Yeah. Well, there is other festivals that aren't just music. Yes. So, no. Okay. Yes. Right. I like going to festivals. Actually, this is a – I was thinking about this earlier – I know that the idea is that at the top of the show, we're going to say, here's some complaints about, you know, modern complaints I have, about I have, whatever it is. Yeah, I got complaints written down. I have one. Yeah. That's it. Because mm-hmm. for the most part, I fucking love festivals. Mm-hmm. Everything about them. I love it. I love being outside. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't like, I don't like being in a group, but something about a crowd of people. There's like, I don't know, you're kind of, you're, you're, it's an experience. Yeah. You know, crowd. And like, That's the I whole love, point. Like, Drinking a beer outside mm-hmm. around a group and just watching people. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, oh, like the Elmwood Arts Festival. I love going to arts festivals. Mm-hmm. Fucking love it. I love going into booths and like looking at stuff like I'm going to buy it and then not buying anything. And then I go to the next <laughs> yeah. one. I always tell people like, oh, I really like this, but I don't want to have to carry it. I'll come back later. And then I don't. But I just, I love festivals. Oh. I love them. Okay. No complaints. Yes. There's never enough toilets. <laughs> okay that's my one complaint all right well some festivals that i've been to i've been to Ozfests. oh yeah uh warp tour oh various, those are fun various rock and metal concerts been to a renaissance fair uh i'm going and, to one in october oh yeah uh, well also the uh, eastern traditional archery rendezvous would be a festival yes which we're going to it's the this largest week. gathering of virgins on the east coast <laughs> It's a traditional archery shoot. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. There's also local carnivals, uh, county fairs, etc. I guess you could say those are a a festival. Yeah. Uh, Some complaints, I guess, in the first world. Uh, A lot of people bitch about the weather during them because it's usually in the middle of summer. It's usually hotter than fuck. uh, Or it's rainy. Uh, You know, you lose the people you came with. That's a pretty common thing. Uh, Everything is usually expensive. Very expensive. That's 12, why I don't buy anything at yeah, arts festivals. $12 can of beer. Yep. The porta potties themselves are just disgusting. Parking sucks. Uh, depending what show or where your seats are, you well, your standing room, you, if you can see the, the bands or whoever's performing. And if you get squeezed to death, you know, just the. That's how I want to go. Squished in. Yeah. Oh, at a concert. Yep. As soon as we get successful, I want you to squeeze me to death. Whoa. That's why I ended on top. Wow. I'd say the worst at a, at a festival? You want me to do Ooh, that? Oh, yeah, right over a porta potty. The worst one I ever went to was probably the K Rockathon. There were 25,000 people, 30 porta potties. Is is, all right, so your personal story with a festival, do you have one? Or Which is that one? A, like, do, you, ha, do you have a bad one? A bad experience at a festival or a rock concert or any like group gathering type thing? I'll a tell fe- you yeah. what, I got, I would say my worst experience at a festival is probably the K Rockathon. Not just because the six pu- like, was it sick puppies and some other awful fucking bands, but yeah, twenty five thousand people, thirty porta potties. By the end, you couldn't open the door because oh, it was just coming right to out the, to the lid. It was disgusting. Yeah. It's like what? I'll, like a thousand people to porta potty? Yeah, that's. I mean, we've had like well, we had an engagement party a couple months ago with like forty people, and there were two porta potties there. That's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, that's. I guess that's my only complaint because. I just I like festivals. I get excited about it. Obviously, I can't yeah. hardly speak right now. I know. I'm 
I, I can't can, formulate a thought. I'm so I excited. Can tell you, you are just getting it. Uh, you are at it today. Can I just say my favorite festival? Sure. Then I'll. I'm done. All right. And it's not my favorite festival anymore. <laughs> Can I say my favorite? It was. It's not my favorite. All <laughs> it's right. a, what it's was... a local festival, and you know what it is. I'll just say it. It's fucking Bonifest. There's a local church mm-hmm. that put on, it used to be, when we were kids, a three-day festival. This is at a fucking- It was a big deal, this yeah. This is at a church. This is like in the parking lot against the building where the priests sleep. Mm-hmm. And like- In the it village. It was a three-day drunk fest. It was- Pretty much. Awesome. And like, I remember being a kid- like, yeah, I mean, kids, obviously, you'd have to get drunk and then go because mm-hmm. they were a little weird about buying beer there. <laughs> yeah. But we get, we get drunk or half cocked anyway, uh-huh. go to the uh, car wash and get quarters. Oh, all the games. Yeah. And all they the go gambling. to the church and gamble yeah. the whole day. They, yeah, and they, then the next day you went back and did it again. Yeah. You gambled and drank alcohol for the church at the big. Uh... Uh, well, they knew they were realistic about it. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, what are you going to, like, if you're trying to <laughs> raise need, money. Yeah, we need people here to <laughs> raise a little money. Yeah, what are you going to do? Sell cookies? No one gives a fuck. You put out, like, booze gambling, and gambling and shit yeah. and booze, they're going to yeah. they show up. Now it's this neutered thing that's just one afternoon. It's one afternoon, and it's, well, I, I think you're starting to see a theme, especially small towns, it seems anyway. Like, the big gatherings, think about when we were in our 20s and, like, that. There was always, like, a big event there's clam bake constantly and, oh there's a lot of shit going on and they now they are kind of petering out they are i mean there's some there's less people you in the travel area, for but, them now yeah so i have a quick personal story this is kind of fun well it wasn't fun at all at the time but looking back it's uh it was it, it sucked but all right warp tour <laughs> 2002 i had just graduated high school and a guy i worked with uh, offered me a ticket to go to warp tour because him and his kids go every year they're like hey let's go to warp tour he goes i'll give you a ticket for your graduation was the fucking best because it would be what 60 bands oh easily? you you could find whatever you wanted um and heat stroke yeah at warp tour. yeah exactly a lot of fun but I, I went with him and he had a couple kids who were my age and we're going up right up and I'm, I'm talking with him i didn't really know him that well they're his kids and we like, you know, connected about some music and some movies and things like that. Like, oh, these guys seem pretty cool. We'll hang out and then, you know, watch these bands and stuff. We get there and within three minutes, ditch me. <gasps> totally ditch me. I got to spend all day by myself at a warp tour. <laughs> did you have a cell phone? This did probably didn't two thousand two. I might have had a Nokia, one of the like yeah. brick phones. I didn't have their numbers. I didn't have anyone to call. I didn't know anyone. Oh, who I know was who going. this is. Okay, you do. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, uh, so, you yeah. shouldn't have left Corey 19 years ago. We just found him. <laughs> yeah, but I will say though, like even though I was alone, I was perfectly fine. Like I kept occupied. There was more than enough entertainment. I got to see some awesome bands, uh, especially some bands before they like broke big. Yeah, I got to see on Earth on a stage like the size of this room. On oh, that's fucking time. awesome! Oh yeah, it was like twenty people standing there. It was awesome. But yeah, so that was uh, I. I got ditched, and I didn't. I barely t- like spoke to anyone all day. I, I didn't have anyone to hang out, talk to with. Yeah, so. you're already awkward. I mean, we weren't. Yeah, we yeah. Were I'm, I'm an awkward, awkward teen- yeah. teenagers anyway. So like, yeah, like anybody with confidence in that sort of situation, like seventeen, eighteen, and it's just a sea of like thousands of like girls out in the summer just like just punk, yeah. punk rock like, boys and girls just nope. having a blast i'd just be like well gotta stay near a bathroom i guess <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, that was my story. Um, oh, my favorite. Well, it wasn't a festival though. I can't talk about it. Okay. This is when you and I went to that Fall Out Boy concert, and we were the oldest people there. It was the same place where they had Warped Tour. Remember? Yes. It would. Fun fact about that. I tried to reach. I I did. I reached out to one of the people we went to with that. Yeah, looking for the pictures we had because, mind you, we were half-cocked with oh, our yeah. shirts off in the parking lot with Fallout Boy written in pen on our bellies. No, it was Honk for Fallout Boy. Oh, honk for Fallout Boy. Yeah. Honk for Fallout Boy. And we were, like, flashing cars as yeah. we were parking. Yeah. It was awesome. It was hilarious. And they didn't have any pictures because oh, I was going to use that bummer. for our Instagram picture yeah, that today. Was fun. But All right. Uh, statistic on uh, concerts, festivals, whatever. Fun fact. Uh, for the most expensive package at the Bonnaroo four-day music festival in Tennessee, it's a cool $3,275 for a VIP ticket. Fuck you. You get Warped Tour was like 40 bucks. Yeah, oh, I know. You get AC lodging, um, a golf cart transport to every stage, meals, backstage access, etc. The cheap seats are $379, which is pretty much a campsite, and that's it. Like, everything else you pay for. Jesus Christ. But that's a pretty big to-do. So that was the only fun little statistic I threw in for our early chat. I don't have any statistics. No. Here. I fucking like festivals. Oh, I was going to say 100% of the time, but I just (laughs) talked about that K-Rockathon. So 99% of the time. I love festivals. Let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go first? Corey, you have told me that you actually have a very lengthy story today. I have a little longer story than, um, than usual. And because I didn't write a 45-minute screenplay, then not give the actor oh, any. Oh, fuck me. I forgot I thought you wouldn't say anything about that. No. No, yeah, I wrote I... a regular old story, and I'm not going to talk for 45 minutes. It's probably going to be like 15, maybe 20 tops, depending how much you interrupt me. I'll tell you what. I want to pull a John Cena on that last Jobs episode. I kind of want to walk back. You want yeah. to walk back? All right. So, yeah, today's fucking episode, I wrote it like a normal goddamn person. I didn't write a fucking script for a fake interview about a subject and then not have what would i want Corey to play half of it and then not tell him until we start recording in hindsight probably didn't i mean it wasn't a great idea i was just trying to work outside the box it was pretty poorly executed it was very poorly executed (laughs) but i'm a human being and this is a learning experience for me which is why i have written a very concise and to the point story today good Good. I'm glad you did. Yeah. So, yes, I did not write a screenplay. I wrote a regular story, but it's a little longer than usual because I read an entire book, which was fucking awesome, and I highly suggest it. I'll talk about it at the end. I'm excited. You want me to go? You want to go first? Yeah, I'll do. All right. Because you went first last time. So So you want me to interrupt less? You can interrupt all you want because, as I said earlier, this is the only thing we've put out so far this month. So So let's make it as long as possible. episode's a little longer, it's a treat for our listeners. I'm just going to sit here and listen or – Drink this raspberry lime spin drift you gave me. It's pretty good it's stuff. It's a whole tart. You're, you're, yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right. All right. Ahead. Ready? I'm very ready. I've been pumped about this for a couple weeks now. All right. Rock on. It's festival season. The sun is shining. Bands are rocking. Rappers are rapping. And DJs are dropping. That bass. Mm. You've saved up all year to go to the big show. You pile in the car with your buddies and head out. Getting to the venue, you have to park your car and make the half-mile walk into the grounds, where you're greeted by a sea of people ready to rock. It's going to be an epic day to remember. The music finally starts after a painful 24-minute sound check. 
The crowd starts cramming around you like sardines in a can. With their sweaty bodies sliding against you and zero visibility of the stage, you're starting to regret the $150 ticket price you paid for today. But hey, you can always have a beer to cut the tension. So you belly up to the beer tent for a $15 can of Coors Light. What a deal. I'll tell you what, we went to a baseball game last weekend. It was eight fifty a beer. And they were twenty-four ounce beers for eight fifty. I thought that was pretty good. It's like four twenty five. That's a, a good beer. that's a good deal. So There's my statistic. All right. But it isn't until you drop your wallet into the wretched porta shitter that the local gong farmer hadn't cleaned out yet that you now oh. realize that this whole affair fucking sucks. You're fed up. Boiling heat, dry, dusty air, watching bands from 200 yards away in a pocket full of shit dollars. You round up your crew and head out. What a waste of a day. But after you learn about today's story, you might change your tune on how bad an outdoor festival can really be. This is Firefest, isn't it? <clears throat> no. Okay. In the late 1960s, hippie culture was all the rage amongst the youth of the world. The tie-dye, psychedelic rock, opening your mind, and all the peace and love one could handle. What's not to like, right? Well, despite what that old hippie who still drives around in his VW bus jamming the Grateful Dead has to say, there was some pretty not-cool-man things that happened in the movement. And today's story is yeah. one of the most notorious not-cool-man moments in hippie history. They were gross. Welcome to... <laughs> it's a sand. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to 1969. The Vietnam War was in full swing, rock music was getting weird, and the youth of America even weirder. The world-famous Woodstock Music Fest had just shook the globe with its display of free-loving youth who stormed upstate New York by the hundreds of thousands for several days to watch the biggest bands in the world perform in the middle of a muddy field. The vibes were cool and the tunes were groovy. But if there was one thing to learn, it's that all this free love going around came with a big price tag in the form of merchandise, albums, and concert tickets. And one band looking to get into the hippie culture and make a few bucks in the process from all this free love was the Rolling Stones. The Stones were a pretty well-known up-and-coming rock band by 1969, but they were really looking to put their name on the map with a new album release and a huge U.S. tour to boot. So the Stones headed stateside in the fall of 69, and after some drug-fueled conversations with the Grateful Dead's manager, it was explained to the band that all the hip cats who want to make good with the hippies play a free show at Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. So the Stones Ooh. decided that their big finale of the U.S. tour would end in San Fran with a free rock festival in the spirit of Woodstock. It's also important to mention that the Stones had hired a documentary film crew to record this whole U.S. tour with hopes of releasing a big movie after everything. In a free show with hundreds of thousands of hippies rocking out to a band would make for an epic ending. Was this like, okay, so Haight-Asbury, was this like toward the end of that? Like the Haight-Asbury fucking neighborhood, you know, where all the shitbirds, I mean, sorry, hippies? Like stayed. They this, they in that, that book like a, I read they got into this is toward the end of that though. Yes. Right. Sixty nine. Okay. Yeah. Sixty seven right. is essentially 67, the sixty eight. Sixty seven is was the summer of love. Yeah. But sixty nine you'll see was yeah. <laughs> so, as the Stones U.S. tour cranked on, the rumors of them playing a free show finally came out, and it was announced that on December sixth there was to be a free concert at Golden Gate Park. 
Now, to say that the Stones, or any rock band at the time, had stellar management would be the overstatement of the decade. <laughs> it seems like every band at the time was flying by the seat of their pants and trusting some iffy characters to handle their affairs. And this scenario was no different. With only four days before the big concert was to happen, the burnout hippies and shady businessmen trying to secure the permits for the show managed to botch the entire thing, and they did not receive permission to play. The Stones were now dead in the water with no place to perform and only a few days left to salvage a free concert. But luckily, with only 72 hours to go, a small racetrack in Sonoma, California, known as Sears Point Raceway, came available to host the free show. It was on. The Stones' crack team of drugged-out managers, stagehands, and literally any random person they could get cranked it up to 11 and began to move the mass amounts of shits need mass amounts of shit needed to host a gigantic rock show. Light towers, stage units, audio equipment and tour buses were all moved into place. If these cats wanted a rock show at the last minute, they were ready to bust their asses at the 11th hour to get one. You know, the, but just I would throw it out there like I okay, yeah, all their fucking managers run drugs. But if somebody came to try and manage us right now, mm-hmm. I'm desperate enough. They could be buying any drug they wanted, and I'd probably hire them. I'm just saying. From what I gather, the amount of LSD that everyone was on at the time, astronomical. No shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, now you might think that moving an entire concert 30 miles away from its original venue at the last minute is quite the feat, just you wait. With the whole thing pretty much ready to go by the skin of their teeth, it would only take a few choice decisions to change the course of history again. Due to shitty management, again, a dispute with the track's owner, and the local sheriff not being too cool with what was transpiring, the Sears Point venue was shut down. The rock show was doomed. Again. Or was it? It wasn't. (laughs) Well. No? Yeah, if you think that moving at last minute um, to Sears Point was the 11th outer, 11th hour then what happened next was the 11th hour and 59th minute by almost complete chance the owner of a different racetrack reached out to the stones manager and offered up his racetrack to host the event the news place was only a cool 75 miles from the sears point racetrack this one being the now infamous altamont speedway in tracy california it was a rundown grease stain littered with destroyed cars that was pretty much in the middle of nowhere it was perfect. It's all they had. Well, how, okay. So I can see the advantage of it being right in San Francisco initially is mm-hmm. that all these hippies can just walk there. So mm-hmm. now they're moving it 70 miles outside of town. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. With a third venue safely secured. I just had to repeat what you just said back to you. That's all. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, just had to be involved. You're, you're picturing this. You're, you're saying how I am. How I'm, it I'm paying attention. It went, it went like northeast and then it went east again. Okay. So. With a third venue safely secured, the plan could finally go ahead. And with only 36 hours to go, this half-assed Woodstock of the West was finally going to happen. The road crews switched from LSD to cocaine and moved an entire fucking concert 75 miles away in 36 hours. It was they switched un- to cocaine so they could stay awake. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was utter insanity. Nonstop trucks and helicopters bringing in material. Random people helping out. Calls going out to local radio stations asking for help. It was just a shit show, to say the least. But I'll be goddamned if they didn't pull it off. Kind of. The stage was only four feet tall. Half the light towers held lights. The audio was mostly there. There was no food vendors. 
and only a hundred portajons for thousands of assholes. You know, See, you're, yeah, yeah. Rock with that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It was like a concert was thrown together super last minute by a bunch of drugged out hippies and vagrants determined to have a free rock show. Wait, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's just like Chris's family reunion. Oh, stop it. You leave them alone. <laughs> Well, you're going to arm wrestle them all anyway. So. Well, oh, yeah, I got to stop saying that. Stop threatening your family. Here's the one good part about K Rockathon was Jared Leto jump or climb to the top of the fucking uh, uh, riser. Mm-hmm. That was that was it. You might say he was joking around. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Continue. All right. <clears throat> the next morning, the sun rose over the valley at Altamont to a stunning. 300,000 attendees sitting Holy about fuck. waiting to see a free rock show hosted by the world-famous Rolling Stones. The hippie mass had traveled all day and night, clogging up every freeway in every direction for 10 miles. They tore down local farmers' sheds and fences for their campfires they had throughout the night. And to shake things up, bad acid trips don't were- shake a hippie up especially if there's not enough porta potties can you imagine because this is before a hip like they got into like kimchi and kombucha and shit oh, like god that. Like, they weren't they weren't regular <laughs> all right i'm done okay and to shake things up <clears throat> bad acid trips were already surging through the crowd as drinks dosed with tainted lsd were shared amongst the swarm of people there was another surprise that morning brought and by that they mean that they brought it with them on their taints. I oh think that they God. just keep no, it in their no, pants. No. 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 A lot of it was legit tainted. Okay. Like, All right. It wasn't pure LSD. It was like strict nine laced LSD. Oh. Like really fucked people up. It made them go nuts. Okay. Like, so it was it wasn't good acid trips that okay. was happening. Um so there was another surprise that morning. Uh the show's first fatality. A young man who the cops believed was fried out on bad drugs tried to hop a flooded canal on the backside of the property to get in and drowned in the frigid water on his way to the show. Jesus Christ, isn't it a free show? It was free, but he was tired of waiting in line, and he was all fucked up. Huh. And he was from western New York. No shit. Yeah. Well, there's our legacy. Right? <laughs> but <clears throat> half-assed concert preparations, a death and bad acid trips be damned. There was a rock show to be had, and the first band on the bill was Santana. They took the stage and began to jam. It was a groovy experience until shortly into their first song, a fat naked Latino man who was high as balls rushed the stage, only to be met by stiff resistance from the private security that was hired special for this massive free concert. You see, Mick Jagger despised police and had it written into every concert contract that uniformed police officers were to be nowhere near any Stones concerts. So having taken the advice from the Grateful Dead's manager, they hired an elite team to handle stage security for this event. (laughs) They hired fucking mercenaries? And that crack team of crowd control (laughs) specialists was none other than the Hells Angels motorcycle game. Fuck yeah! Oh, sweet! Awesome. Who accepted the job at the rock bottom price of $500 worth of beer. That's it? Well, it's $3,500 today's money, but still... Wow. They did it for $500 worth of beer. Did they talk about this in the uh, Hells Angels, the Hunter S. Thompson book? No, but they, you know what? Because it sounds vaguely familiar. They might have, because at the time, Hunter S. Thompson was uh, hanging out with Sonny Barger from the Hells Angels. And he was was involved in this story. 
Should do a podcast this. with him and it'd just be yeah, you do the rest of the fucking uh, the podcast like Sonny. Come on. Put the microphone Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But didn't he have the microphone in his throat? Yes, because he had throat cancer. You wanna pick on him now? Shit. All right, yeah. Jesus, I, what yeah, you that dickhead? was mean. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna All do right. a John Cena on that one too. All right. I'm walking it walking back. Walking it back. Yeah. Story of your life. Anyway. <laughs> So when that fat naked guy came running toward the stage during Santana's set, he got the living fuck kicked out of him right there in front of 300,000 people. He literally got his teeth broken out. Oh, shit. The Hells Angels were ruthless. They hovered over the crowd with a drunken, crude, drugged attitude and bashed anyone who gave them a hint of resistance. In a way, they almost had to. They had to do this from the start because they were outnumbered by 6,000 to 1. Wow. So a fearsome presence was needed. Santana's set ended with a few more crowd beatings by the Hells Angels. And now it was time for Jefferson Airplane to test their luck with the wacky crowd and drug-fueled biker gang. They got the show rolling, and within 30 seconds, the stage was bum-rushed by fans who got rewarded by the Angels, bashing them with pool cues and bike chains. The lead singer of Jefferson Airplane, Marty Ballin, wasn't too cool with what he was seeing and tried to break up a fight by throwing his tambourine at a member of the Hells Angels. <laughs> this member was known as This member was known as Animal, a dude who rocked a gnarly beard and wore a dead coyote skin as a hat. Animal quickly knocked out Marty in front of everybody and carried on. He knocked out the lead singer of the fucking band in front of everyone. Yep. <laughs> Shortly after, the lead singer got up and took shelter backstage while the band finished their set. It's noted that Animal later went to apologize to Marty, to which Marty told him to... I would have loved to hear what that apology oh, would have been. No, he, he tried to apologize to him. He, he legit did. And Marty told him, fuck off. And Animal says, you don't tell a Hells Angels member to fuck off. He tells him to fuck off. So Animal proceeded to knock him out again. Knock the lead singer of this band out twice this is in one day. Airplane? Yeah. So, yeah, it was already off to a great wow. start. The third band to take the stage were the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, who, after crashing their car in a ditch on the way to the venue, got rides in from some Hells Angels members on the backs of their motorcycles. This is when, like, rock stars were in a bunch of fucking divas. Oh, yeah. The bikers were kind enough to plow through the massive audience, tearing up blankets and knocking people over to deliver the band front stage. What an entrance. Wow. Fortunately, the brothers' music was a little more tame, and the crowd kept cool. So no one really got their faces smashed in for this set. It was, it was relatively okay. But Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young were the fourth band to perform that day. <clears throat> Neil Young's one of the most unattractive men I've ever seen. Yeah. After arriving at the local airfield, airfield by helicopter, they had no ride set up for them at the venue. Like, they forgot about them, pretty much. <laughs> they showed up and no one's there. I, I do yeah. want to say I like Neil Young, though, for the most part. I'm just eh, saying he's you a would. very unattractive man. <laughs> so, so they get there. No one's there. So what do they do? They decide to hotwire and steal a pickup truck that was sitting there so they could Fuck get to the yeah. show on time. Once they took the stage and played their first note, the crowd rushed the stage for a better look, only to get facefuls of Hell's Angels' fists. The beating started almost immediately. After seeing the madness unfold in front of them, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young decided to keep their set short and beat feet as soon as they were finished. 
the success of this rock show was hanging on by a thread. Now, the Grateful Dead were slated to play the next slot, but upon witnessing and hearing about the slugfest that the concert had turned into, they decided last minute to cancel and run back to San Francisco with their tails tucked. That sounds about right. Oh, oh keep in mind, like, <laughs> they were a huge part of getting this thing set up, the Grateful Dead's, okay. like, managers and stuff, because it was all San Francisco, hippies, yeah. all that. They were a huge part of that. And they're like, nah, fuck this, we're out. So this left a nice two-hour gap for the Stones to take their sweet-ass time to getting on stage, <clears throat> which they were notorious for. In that two hours, the sun had set and the frigid night air moved in. Mind you, it's December, so it's still cold, even though it's California. Okay, yeah. The well, crowd, Northern California. Yeah, yeah. The crowd was getting more whacked out on LSD-spiked wine and starting to get restless, waiting for the show to fire back up. And fire back up it did. The Rolling Stones finally hit the stage with an electric energy that shocked the atmosphere, and the crowd went bonkers. So bonkers that an audience member knocked over Hell's Angels motorcycle that was sitting off stage, and a massive fight broke out. The fight was so large that the band had to stop playing to cool <laughs> the audience down. Uh, after, it, it took a little bit, but after that, things kind of chilled off. So the Stones went on and played a few blues numbers to relax the like relaxed crowd get everyone chilled out but that could only last so long once they got back into the rock and roll jams the brawls started right back up <clears throat> here's where shit gets real a young black kid by the name of meredith hunter who was rocking a flashy green suit and large afro hopped up on the amps for a better view but was quickly smashed in the face by a member of the hell's angels and a fight broke out between the two meredith who was high on meth at the time pulled a handgun from his pocket to change the course of the fight, but was jumped from behind by Hells Angels member Alan Pissarro. Pissarro was wielding a large hunting knife and stabbed Meredith repeatedly until he went down. Jesus Christ. This is front row. Like, Once on the ground, the Angels took the gun from Hunter and proceeded to put the boots to him as he lay there bleeding out. The fight finally stopped, the band stopped playing, and audience members grabbed Hunter to try to get him backstage for medical help. At one point, his limp body, his bleeding body, was put on stage where the whole band got a full view of the carnage. With little remorse, the Angels went back to security detail, and Meredith's body was taken backstage where he eventually died from his wounds while waiting for an ambulance. Wow. Unaware of the full scope that what had just happened, the Rolling Stones went on to finish their set and put on a very memorable concert in more ways than one. After the last note was played, the chaos didn't end. There was still 300,000 people who had to leave this derelict racetrack. Keeping with the theme of the day, the clearing out of Altamont Speedway was also a complete fucking disaster. After leaving literal tons of trash behind, the stoned, drunk, and tripping audience got into their vehicles and all safely drove home. Well, minus the multiple fender benders, deserted cars, and the group of kids camping out on the side of the road who got ran over and killed by some dickweed who was having a bad acid trip. Jesus Christ, so it's like fucking Walking Dead or Last of Us. Yeah. I so mean, they tried to leave that baseball game the other day, and it took easily 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, you, you poor little man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was anyone all fucked up, run you over? No, they, no? they quit serving beer, <laughs> except for one of the bars, like, fairly early. Uh other than that stuff, though, it was uh, the conclusion was smooth sailing. Okay. I mean, not really. But, that sounds pretty yeah. easy peasy. So early reports on the radio stated that the West Coast Woodstock was a peaceful success and everything was groovy. 
but the people who attended it knew the actual truth of how the festival really went down. Over the next few weeks and months, as the truth came out, the lawsuits against the concert holders began, and the arrests of Hell's Angels members associated with the murder went down. By the time the police figured it out, it was Pissarro who had stabbed Hunter. He was already in jail for other charges he had racked up since the concert. So much time had passed between the concert and the court case. Because the cops, Jeez. there's no fucking cops around. Huh? None. There, well, there was local cops, but they didn't even bother. Oh, yeah, they're nowhere near. Yeah, like, what are we going to do? They right. just stood up on the hill watching it. Like, I don't know what the hell to do. Wow. So, all right. <clears throat> Sorrow was ultimately tried for the murder. But due to the Hells Angels hiring a black attorney as to crush any race-driven agenda the defense might have and using the footage from the documentary that the Stones were having made, Passaro was found not guilty on the grounds of self-defense. You see, it was the Stones' money-grab documentary footage that ultimately saved Passaro from the death penalty and forever scarred the band and hippie culture for that matter. Though the shitstorm that was Altamont was finally over, the wounds it left behind lasted forever. Some say it was one of the final blows to the hippie movement. For one, it was literally the end of the 60s. It was December 1969. Yeah, because yeah, when, uh, what did say, that, like, that's kind of, that, was, that it. was a downfall after, like, the Manson murders, because that oh, was, yeah, like, they that were was, tied what, in with fall it. of 68. Yep. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and for I two... What was supposed to be a peaceful affair, it was anything but. The beatings, bloodshed, overdoses, and mayhem that was Altamont will go down in the history books as one of the worst modern-day festivals ever. So next time you lose your party at a concert or you bitch about having to pay $9 for a bottle of water, just be grateful that there's actually water to drink and not LSD-laced wine or that the Hells Angels aren't bashing your face in with a pool cue because you decided to stand in the front row. The end. That's incredible. And that doesn't even fucking touch every ass. Like, there's the book I read was called uh, Altamont. Like, uh, the Rolling Stones. Did you get it from the library? Library. Did you buy it? It, yes. Do you still uh, have it? Joel. No, I took it back. Okay. I got to take it. Joel Selvin, I think, it wrote it. <gasps> Highly recommended. It was awesome. There's wow. so much detail that, just for the sake of time, I wanted to put in all these different things. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. <laughs> like, so it was the opposite, essentially. Of Woodstock. Yeah, like Woodstock like, had some, like... Yeah, I know it didn't go well, yeah. but, I mean, I still think mm-hmm. of, like, I don't know, like, topless hippies and people getting pregnant in tents. Yeah. That's... I don't think no, of a meth was... head named <clears throat> Meredith waving a pistol at a Hell's Angel. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yep. And... Uh, image. The uh, the documentary Gimme Shelter, the famous Rolling Stones yeah. Gimme Shelter, it... I never watched it. Get online. You can see footage of almost everything I talked about. Really? Oh, it's fucking. Oh, that's incredible. That animal dude with the coyote skin on yeah. his head. I wouldn't talk to him. Like, no. dude, it was terrifying. I don't um, tell anybody to fuck off except for John Cena. The amount of people that were like accidentally dosed because there was no fucking water or food or anything. Right. Like, hey, man, can I get a swig of that? Sure. Give him a swig of your wine or your orange juice or something. Oh, so, yeah, so probably have tainted to, LSD. So a lot of people who actually they didn't intend to get fucked up. Yeah, but there's, you're thirsty and they're just going to drink anything that's nearby. Yep. A lot of the film crew. Oh, here's a fun fact: George Lucas was on site that day. Really? Yep. He was hired by the documentaries to be a, a, a filmer. No shit. Uh, yeah. So, the, so that would be nine years before star wars yeah 69 yeah something like that but there was just so many other like just wacky nuances and crazy things that went on like read the book it's awesome 
There was a story I wanted to try to work in here, and I'll tell you real quick. In the two hours in before the Stones played, this lady and her husband were, like, sitting up on the hill, hanging out, like, having a little picnic, you know, waiting for the show to start. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a full beer can out of nowhere cracks her in the head. Like, just some from assholes throwing yeah. shit. Knocks her out, take her backstage. She's all fucked up. Like, all right, well, we need to take you to the hospital. They x-rayed her. They're like, you need surgery right now. And because she had eaten that day, they couldn't do anesthesia. She had to get brain surgery awake from taking a full beer can to the fucking head. Like, just crazy shit like this just went on all day. Well, yeah, think of all the crazy stuff that just happens just like Mm -hmm. to small gatherings. Yeah. Yeah, get 300,000 people together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was nuts. So, all right. That was longer. It was nuts. It was just madness. If you like rock history or music or oh, anything like that, out. that was a great book. Wow. So, yeah, check it out. That was the story of the infamous Altamont Speedway disaster. I don't think disaster. I can handle LSD. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to dabble. I was supposed to do edibles last night. Yeah. But uh, I was working on this, and Mandy had a head cold, so we just stayed home. I'm going to try it some other time. Oh, there you go. I'm going to try them before I go on a plane. Yeah, yeah you talked about, talk about that. that yeah, you show? did. You already talked about it. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Who's been swimming? Oh, happy birthday show. It's their 21st episode. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Our show is old enough. Oh. Wait, it, I, I don't know. I think it's 20, isn't it? No. It's 21, isn't it? No, I think it's 20. I'll have to take that Mike's Hard Lemonade back because I was going to get the show drunk and then hold its hair back. I thought it was the 21st oh, episode. It was very thoughtful. I don't know. I'll look. I lose track. I could hold your hair back. Uh, you could. It's yeah, very fucking long. long. <laughs> that was awesome. I look like a dirty I dirty. really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I will probably read that book. Yeah. I wow. didn't know if you had heard about that, but. No, when you said, yeah. stay away from like music festivals, 1969. Like, he's doing fucking Woodstock? I'm glad you didn't do Woodstock. No, no. Ang Lee already ruined that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Um. Wow. Actually, I'm glad that that was long because I thought mine was kind of long. Mm-hmm. It's really not that okay. long. Yeah, I, guess. I, I apologize. We're already. And I tried to. In. So, what I did. Okay. You want me to go? Mm-hmm. So, we're 45 <laughs> minutes in. This is how I felt last episode or last full Why, episode. Why? What happened the last full episode? You wrote a 40 minute screenplay that you gave your actor no lines. Remember? We talked about this already. Yeah, I don't think I'd make it like actually writing <laughs> screenplays. <laughs> so, All right. Get on. Let's hear. Let's hear about your festival. Okay, hang on. Let me put my glasses on. I so the reason I picked this was uh, I've been. I don't know how it's worked out this way. Maybe it's just because it's been it's summer. I've been listening to and reading a lot of dark fucking shit lately. Like, uh, oh, we're watching that The Keepers. Mm -hmm. You know, with Keepers. Oh yeah, yeah. Murdered that nun on Netflix, and then I just finished that Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England. Last podcast on the left just finished the five parter on the Black Death. I'm reading the Michelle McNamara book. I'll be gone in the so a dark. lot of positive stuff. Yeah, you're getting the one right on now. like the Golden yeah. State Killer ear, the original Night Stalker. The fuck else? Oh, we've been watching nothing but horror movies. So when I found, and please, I hope you haven't heard of this. When I found uh, an article on the 1986 Balloon Fest, I was gonna do it no matter what. I don't even care if it didn't like if everything went great. Have you heard of this? I want to say I've heard about some weird balloon thing is okay. it where is it at 
Uh, so, okay. okay. It's actually called the 1986 Cleveland Balloon Fest Disaster. Oh, get into it. Well, have you heard of it? I think so. Do you know much about it? A little bit. Okay. Well, let's I'm sure you have details. So oh, yes. Crank uh, it up. So I and I did I picked this because there's balloons in it and I was looking for something kind of fun and sunny. Yeah. Like it didn't up. go well though. Like the intro to up. Oh, miserable I went beginning. The whole episode this whole thing, no up joke. I had uh oh, I had this whole thing where I was gonna talk about weird stunts people have done for fucking uh <laughs> what am I trying to say? Charity. Uh-huh. I had a whole thing on the history of the United you Way. I got rid of all of it. You don't I tried have to, to yell. keep this you get it, you don't have to yell. Stop yelling. I try to keep it tight. Okay. You know, like uh, some of the some of the stuff I was gonna do this juggalo fest, but uh, Oh yeah. It was pretty gross. Juggalos for life, yeah. bitch. Show me your butthole. <laughs> Fago. <laughs> okay. So um I got a whole bunch of bullet points right off the top that I am uh, probably just not gonna read because uh, it doesn't really pertain to it. Okay. Um I did uh like I wanna stress what really did this is like it's what happened is was absurdly preventable. Mm-hmm. This didn't have to happen. Okay. And when we get into this, and I tell you like what the what the, they attempted to do here, mm-hmm. you don't have to say it because I'll just say it. Why the fuck would you do this? It's stupid. It's a dumb idea. There's a lot and, of that in history. Well, and so <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> let's get into it. Okay. As I said, today we will be discussing the 1986 Cleveland Balloon Fest disaster. Let's get that microphone a little closer. Stop. You don't yelling. have to yell, but you can stop talk. yelling. I just get excited. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes, <right>. you do. <laughs> um, this is actually a very straightforward and a fairly simple story to tell, which is why I had to work extra hard at looking for opportunities to get distracted. But fear not, I got distracted. Really? Yes. Uh, I found a lot to love about this particular festival. Oh, because it was a mess. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I was excited to tell Mandy about that when she liked it. Um, and it met all the criteria that I personally want to see in a festival full of clusterfuckery. And I've listed my criteria. It has, one, obnoxiously or obviously far too many balloons. Two, an obnoxious disregard for the environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Three, panicked horses. Whoa. Four, Hundreds of simultaneous traffic accidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, the wrongful deaths of fishermen. And uh, six, a biracial little person. Okay. I actually told Mandy ahead of time that's what I'm looking for. And this is the, let's just happen to find this story. Was, Got- uh, what's his name? Ajab? Wasn't he? Uh- he was just Chinese, I think. <clears throat> no. What was, what was the Ajab, he's not a little person. The Don villain? Yeah, was a metal a little person? Was, no, 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 no. 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 Okay. Wasn't anyway. Even... No. I mean, he was short. Oh, mini me. That's right. That's not even from James <laughs> Bond. The fuck? I know. <laughs> no, I job. You have the hat. And he I know. And okay. I cut the statue's right. head off. I, I guess for some reason I thought he was short. He was short in uh, Goldeneye. I mean, game. he was probably tall for an Asian person. Okay. Anyway. I don't think they're very tall. <sighs> well, write them. Okay. <laughs> find out. Write a letter. John China. Get on it. You can write it in Chinese. <laughs> so, let <laughs> Let's let's get into it, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's September 27th, 1986, and for Tom Hollowock, it's the culmination of six months' worth of work on a stunt designed to not only set a world record, but to raise millions for the local Cleveland branch of the United Way. Nice. Yes. The world record <clears throat> looking to be set 
was for the largest simultaneous balloon release. And on that front, this was technically a success. At the bottom of page 438 of the 1988 Guinness Book of World Records, right along with balancing on one foot and baby carriage pushing, there it is. It's right here. Balloon release. The largest ever mass balloon release was one of 1,429,643. Sponsored by the United Way at Public Square in Cleveland, Ohio on September 27, 1986. The release was directed by Balloon Art by Treb Incorporated of L.A. Hmm. Yes. And uh, figured you'd get like Trojan or something to sponsor that. Those are condoms. Oh, but I, okay. Go Hang ahead. on. We might get into that. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wish I thought of that. That would have worked for one of my jokes. Yeah. yeah. That's like a first thing I thought of. I didn't think of up till the end of this. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and had that been the only legacy that Balloon Fest 86 had left, then Tom Hallowack and Treb Heining of Balloon Art by Treb would have considered themselves lucky. But alas, that was just not to be. And there are several very good reasons that Balloon Fest 86 was very quickly ditched for the more accurate moniker, the 1986 Cleveland Balloon Fest disaster. So let's, first off, let's look at how events were supposed to unfold on that now infamous September Saturday. The United Way and project manager Tom Hallowack intended, and I am going to say balloons, mm-hmm. Cleveland, and released a lot. You get sick of writing it. I could, I really, I can see it like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, there's an infamous criminal named balloons. It's like Cleveland released balloons. Oh, what? Like, like I just triggered him like a numbers station or something. Well, no, like, like, irritated. like he he got done with his sentence. Like a, a famous criminal. Oh, had been he was just Cleveland released. finally releases balloons from <laughs> custody. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, where the hell was I? So, uh, United Way project manager Tom Halliquin intended to simultaneously release two million balloons in the heart of Cleveland during the aptly named day long festival Balloon Fest '86. The release was to be followed by a day of music, food, and probably not enough porta potties, as we covered mm-hmm. earlier. That and two million supposedly biodegradable balloons strewn across hundreds of miles of Ohio. Simple. Only it didn't go quite according to plan. If you can't, I yeah, if you can believe willing it. to bet. So thousands of volunteers spent all of Friday night and well into Saturday filling balloon after balloon until they had to tape tape cut and blistered fingers in order to keep tying off inflated balloons. Um, you can count how many times I say balloon if you want. Uh, no, I'll, I know. I'm, okay. just, I'm trying to work in a uh, you-touching-balloon-knots joke. I had a joke about the uh, 2004 <laughs> Corey's Balloon Knot Fest, but I could, that's as far as I got. I had okay. a pretzel involved. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, in the lead-up to the big day... <laughs> In the lead-up to the big day, children throughout the city of Cleveland sold $1 sponsorships that went directly to to the United Way. Each sponsorship sold represented two balloons, with the ultimate goal being to release two million balloons and lay claim to the, I guess, coveted world record balloon release that had been set the previous year in Anaheim, California, to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Disneyland. Hmm. And at this point, I'm kind of rooting for Cleveland. Because fuck Disney. I can only guess, judging by the old VHS uh, Disney covers, that all the balloons released in Anaheim look vaguely like cocks. Which is where I could have used 
a Trojan joke. Yeah. So we discussed this ahead of time. Yep. Never even occurred to me. But either way, <clears throat> heading into Saturday, things seem to be going according to plan. That is, until shortly before the scheduled release time, when the sunny weather began to take a turn for the worst. Mm. <clears throat> uh, the balloons themselves were prepared for the release inside a temporary structure in the public square that itself was the size of an entire city block. Covering this structure... It have to be. Two million fucking balloons? stupid. Yeah. I had too many seltzer waters. That's uh. why I sound like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why, huh? Out. At when we're done, I'll show you some video of this because it's wild. I think I've seen some, but yeah. Um, so, covering this structure and steadily growing in size and height with brightly colored balloons was a one-piece net custom-made for the event by the same Southern California company that built the cargo nets for the space shuttle. I mean, this thing was enormous, yeah. as you can imagine. Um, it was estimated that each volunteer could fill two to three balloons per minute and that they could reach the two million mark in about six hours. But... After filling the net about three-quarters of the way, an approaching high-pressure system started moving into the city from the north, threatening to derail the entire stunt. With the wind picking up and the lingering threat of rain becoming more and more likely, a decision had to be made. Release the balloons early, still clenching the record at about one and a half million balloons, mm -hmm. or cancel the event and throw away six months' worth of hard work. Cleveland, mm -hmm. not for the first time, made the wrong decision. At 1.50 p.m., with the streets of Cleveland filled with thousands of festival-goers, the United Way volunteers and Balloon Art by Trev employees released what balloons were already in the net. And it must be said that just shy of one and a half million balloons trapped in a net the size of a city block is still a fucking silly amount of balloons. Yes. I don't That's th a lot of fucking rubber. Yes. <laughs> hanging Latex. Out. Latex. <clears throat> um, footage of the underside of the tent just before the release, is staggering. And honestly, like, just hard to wrap your brain around. Imagine how hard it is to process how many stars there are in the sky on mm -hmm. a clear night. Now imagine all those stars are red, yellow, blue, orange, and not only that, but they're almost close enough to touch. This thing was like a town-sized, upside-down ball pit, but alive and constantly writhing and shifting from side to side, anxiously waiting to be released. And at not quite 2 o'clock, all of them were let go. They cut them loose. Yes. Well, they kind of rolled off. No, uh, it wasn't like an epic. I, it was pretty fucking epic. I will okay. show you. All right, I'll check it out. <laughs> okay. So, I, yeah. Like I said, I think I've seen this a long time ago, but I will, yeah, I'll check it out. You'll just, you'll humor me. Okay, I will humor you. I didn't know about this. Yes. But I don't know a lot a lot. I'll, I'll watch the balloon release and you can watch Meredith Hunter's murder. And then I'll release your <laughs> balloon. <laughs> Don't touch my balloon now. Okay. With, so, yes, we've with come. With your Trojan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we've come to the big moment. This is it. Mm -hmm. Coming out. Yeah. But we've also come to the point where I got a little distracted in researching all of this. Oh, no. Years. So, let's hit pause on what's soon to be a fucking mess so I can add, and I think this is worthwhile, um, so I can add a little context to what makes what's about to happen an even bigger embarrassment to Cleveland than it would have been in nearly any other city. I also promised everyone a biracial little person. So here we go. Okay. And I'm saying it like that because I'm not trying to offend anyone. There I legit think, was a biracial yes. little person. Yes. Okay. Uh, I even found him on IMDb. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. 
<laughs> uh, one, one of the sources that I used uh, for today's story was a short documentary from The Atlantic that used archival footage from a sketch comedy show called Big Chuck and Little John, which would air short episodes during commercial breaks. This is pretty small-scale sketch comedy. Um, but, yeah, they'd air short episodes during commercial breaks Friday nights on the local Cleveland Channel 8. Big Chuck and Little John spent the 27th of September interviewing volunteers and spectators. I probably don't need to tell you that Chuck is a very large man mm -hmm. and that Little John is the little Rapper, person. crunk cup, grill. Nope. Ah, oh, skeet, just a... skeet, motherfucker. Now, I will show you. Huh? There's no cursing. He... Oh, oh uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Little John. Little John. Okay. Yes. <laughs> My so, bad. Little John. Skeet, skeet, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking about skeet and balloon knots, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. All right. Little John was, unfairly in my opinion, relegated to interviewing only the children. While Big Chuck towered over all of the adults, and being 1986, inappropriately kissed the women he interviewed before moving on to the next one. Which I guess was just common. Yeah. Um, anyway. And while there wasn't anything particularly remarkable that volunteers or the spectators had to say, what Little John felt compelled to yell out as the balloons were finally released intrigued me enough to include it here and make today's story longer than it needs to be. As the balloons begin to escape the net, Little John screams out, Ladies and gentlemen, there is no more mistake on the lake! Nope. Yes. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I had to yell that one. That's because that's what he yelled. Mistake on the lake. He wasn't like, you what? No. Stop it with the Little John jokes. <laughs> fucking name's Little John. What do you expect <laughs> me to do? That's like saying, like, oh, his name was Rambo, but I he, really did, did he didn't look anything like Rambo, you know? like Why didn't that occur to me? I don't know. Or the up joke, not until up, the very end. Yeah. You had Little John, you had condoms, you had You up. said, listen, you said you got a long story, and I was trying to keep this tight. That's not working. Like your balloon knot. Yeah. <laughs> That's not working. Thank you. Oh, fuck me. No, don't. Never mind. You can't. It's too tight. I don't even look. I don't like looking back there. Ever since I had the lozenges for whatever. from Not lozenges. What? The lo what is it? Lozenges from the hemorrhoids. <laughs> okay. Gonna All right. <laughs> Go on. So... <laughs> Turns out, and so here he is screaming about, this yeah. is the end. This, no more mistake on the lake. I didn't know what the mistake on the lake was. <laughs> Apparently, the mistake on the lake is Cleveland. Okay. So, it turns mm. out, and I'm sure this is not news for anyone hailing from Cleveland, but uh, no. the city <laughs> has a bit of a reputation for fucking up in some pretty spectacular it's, and very public ways. That's a Rust Belt thing. I mean, you got all the way around the Great Lakes and yeah. Rust Belt cities. You got Rochester, well, I, I think Buffalo, a lot of it Erie, Cleveland, probably stems from, and we'll get, I'll get into it, but like um, industry leaving, yep. and that just get kind of snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. But in particular, Cleveland. Okay. Um, the moniker, uh, actually, yeah, so they're just known for, for fucking up, mm -hmm. and it's usually people notice. Yeah. Um, some go so far as to say that the city is cursed. Uh, the moniker, the mistake on the lake, is apparently a burden uh, the city of Cleveland has been carrying around for decades by the time uh, 1986 rolled around. And it's one that the city continued to bear long afterward. Why Little John thought covering the city in a couple million balloons would wipe the slate clean, I don't know. But he was definitely very wrong. So just briefly, 
excuse me. Let's get into some of my favorite fuck-ups that led to, to such a tarnished city-wide reputation. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's problems really started when its once booming steel industry began to collapse in the 60s. She went from once being ranked the fifth largest city in America to a meteoric drop to number 53. And people obviously, mm -hmm. you know, leaving the city yeah. in droves. So this was followed by one of the uh, Cleveland's most public and well-known disasters. I even knew about this one. In fact, one of my favorite beers is named after it. The Burning River is familiar to a lot of people, and I'm sure you've heard of this. Probably most of your listeners have heard of this. As the event eventually helped uh, lead to the Clean Water Act and the founding of federal and state environmental protection agencies. The Burning River refers to a fire that, on June 22, 1969, burned on the surface of the, Cuy the Cuyahoga? Am I saying Sounds that? Sounds right. Cuyahoga? Sounds right, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Let's say Cuyahoga. The, uh, okay, so it burned on the surface of the Cuyahoga River in the heart of Cleveland after a spark from a passing train lit oil-soaked debris clogging the river on fire, with flames eventually reaching over five stories high. The river was already a polluted nightmare, with Time Magazine even claiming the Cuyahoga, quote, oozes rather than flows. But the fire made it something that could no longer be ignored. Yeah. That's their first big one. <clears throat> well, not the first big one, but it's a big one. So, next up are the failed taglines desperately trying to turn Cleveland's perceived reputation around and try to boost tourism. The Cleveland Rocks campaign was lifted from the theme to the Drew Carey show. Yeah. Um, which, as I'm you know, sure we all know, took place in Cleveland. Um, it's a good show, by the way. It was a good show. Mm -hmm. On the surface, I cannot personally see what's so upsetting about this, but apparently it upset a lot of people. Cleveland sports writer Adam Roethlisberger... Um, is so anti-Drew Carey that in an article he wrote on the supposed Cleveland curse on their sports teams, the mm -hmm. Indians and the Browns, uh, and why it is in fact real, he includes space to rant about Drew Carey taking over for Bob Barker on The Price is Right. It was a sports page. Apparently lots of people from Cleveland don't like Drew Carey. So this pissed a lot of people off. Okay. I don't know why. But – it's the 1974 The Best Things in Life Are Here campaign that seems to draw the most ire. This ill-advised tagline was harried with almost immediate criticism, um, citing now years-long economic issues being outright ignored, blatant racial segregation throughout Cleveland neighborhoods, and a near-constant smog that smothered the blanket of the city. Sounds like a beautiful place to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Add to this brochures that focus primarily on Cleveland suburbs, and you've got plenty of reasons to shutter the campaign. But it was today's final example that put the last nail in the coffin of the best things in life are here tagline. And this is my favorite of the bunch, I have to say. This is amazing. I'm just This is just a paragraph, but I could do a whole episode on it. And maybe we will. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, already taking heat for its newest failure of a tourism campaign, out of left field comes the Cleveland Indians 10-cent beer night riot of June 4th, 1974. <laughs> Have you heard of this? Uh, is this the disco? No. Okay. Okay. So, um, on the night in question, the Cleveland Indians were playing the apparently much-hated Texas Rangers. In an effort to attract as many fans as possible to the stadium, the Indians put on a now infamous... 10 cent special beer promotion. Over 25,000 eager fans showed up. To keep things from getting too out of hand, the policy was only six beers per fan. In practice, though, 
That meant only six beers, six beers per fan per trip to the concession stand. <laughs> oh, my God. No regulation whatsoever. Just, here's your six. See yep. ya. Come back. Meaning, here's your six. See ya. Exactly. All right. Meaning, essentially, all you can drink for pocket change. What followed was hours of debauchery. It sounds like it was amazing. <laughs> there were fights in the stands. There were fights in the field. The game could hardly move forward as fans spent the game in varying degrees of undress and streakers constantly ran across the diamond during play. <laughs> awesome. And it all culminated at the bottom of the ninth with the Indians one run away from a very rare win. About to clinch a much-needed W, Blind, drunk Indian fans stormed the field and outright attacked Rangers players <laughs> who were forced to defend themselves against the horde with bats, fists, and kicks. Wow. Eventually, police officers arrived and joined the, th joined the throng, finally dispersing the crowd with tear gas and batons. Hundreds were bloodied and dozens were arrested, but it was just one more notch on the belt of the mistake on the lake. That was amazing. That poor city. About. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm. This is three out of dozens I read about. Yeah. So, so now with a little understanding about how desperate Cleveland was by 1986 mm. for some good publicity, we can all see uh, the dangerous hubris that Little John was conjuring up with his loud proclamation that Balloon Fest '86 was marking the end of the mistake on the lake. So, okay. Yeah. Now, now we're back. <laughs> I don't know enough Little John stuff to participate in this. All you got to know is... he the songs for Need for Speed uh, Underground? Do, do, do. He was, he was in on that. his balls on the wall? I, yes, that was his song, All I right. think, yeah. So anyway, now that we're back from our detour, it's 1.50 p.m., and Little John is screaming at the sky as the net releases its hold on nearly one and a half million balloons. Now, I encourage all of our listeners, and you, Corey... Mm -hmm to find whatever footage they can of this after the show because it is a truly, <clears throat> it's a spectacular sight. Uh, put aside the fact that in hindsight, this was a colossally stupid thing to do. And just imagine being there. Um, this is like something from the end of a Marvel movie, but done entirely with practical effects. From the ground, it must have looked like the end of the fucking world. It was that huge. This was a mushroom cloud of color that completely engulfed City Hall, wrapping itself around the building before soaring up above it and quickly spreading itself out over the city, darkening the skies like a cloud of locusts. It must have been frightening, but it was also beautiful. And the crowds on the ground cheered and marveled at the sight. Finally, a win for Cleveland, and a world record to boot. Or so it seemed. Hmm. <clears throat> Not long after launch, the skies continued to darken, and then the rain came. And millions of balloons began to plummet back to Earth, like something out of a horror movie. One of the first questions to pop up about balloons in a Google search is, do balloons go to heaven? Turns out they don't. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm I shocked. I find that hard to believe. Especially when they're met with a high-pressure system coming in from the north, which is exactly what happened in northeast Ohio. Fucking Canada. Oh, we'll get to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is exactly what happened in northeast Ohio on September 27, 1986, when a high-pressure system... High-pressure weather system comes in from the north. It brings with it cold air. This sudden drop in temperature causes helium molecules to lose energy and bunch tighter together. Mm -hmm. When those helium molecules bunch up like that inside of a balloon, the balloon will lose its buoyancy, but at the same time, it will stay inflated. 
It's like when you fart in a snowsuit, just doesn't leave cold air, keeps it in there. Exactly. Just like that. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Add rain. Okay, add rain to this, and you've got a sudden meteor shower of balloons assaulting the whole of Cleveland. Believe it or not, civic planners did not design the layout of Cleveland's roads and waterways to accommodate hundreds of thousands of balloons. Oh, shocking. Yeah, shocking. <clears throat> what followed were dozens of car wrecks around the city as drivers swerved to avoid thick clouds of balloons now piling up in the streets. Now, I cannot stress enough how wild this footage is. Um, if the initial release of all these balloons was a spectacular sight to behold, the same balloons plummeting back to Earth, and they were moving fast. Dropping like rocks. I'll show you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> plummeting back to Earth and clogging city streets and waterways looks like some sort of Armageddon. It wasn't just the roadways that felt... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lamest Armageddon. I know. Oh, wait. Here. I just, and it wasn't just the roadways that felt the brunt of this B Day assault. I came up with that. Ah, Balloon Day. Yeah, birthday party balloons, B Days. Yeah. Pause to laugh for a minute. Insert laugh track. (laughs) So um, it wasn't just the roadways that felt the brunt of this B Day assault. The Cuyahoga River was quickly filled with brightly colored balloons like some strange 80s birthday party imitation of the 1969 burning river the city was still trying to forget. Yeah, they should have just burned them all, got rid of them. They were biodegradable, <laughs> supposedly. Oh, that's, that's good. Um, and, and through the majority of these bouncy, uh, though the majority of these bouncy missiles landed back in the city of Cleveland proper, some managed to stay aloft long enough to make it to the suburbs and beyond. In one of the more notable accounts, one roving pack of these latex troublemakers made it to the farm of Louise Nowakowski and allegedly pummeled her prize Arabian horses from the sky, spooking the horses so badly that in their haste to escape, they sustained injuries bad enough to prompt Louise to later sue the United Way for $100,000. Oh, for your fucking horses. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not a big horse fan. Yeah. So the idea of... Horses being attacked by balloons is just funny as pretty. fuck to me. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, 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 yeah. All right. So back in the city, uh, Burke Lakefront. Like I say, you can't trust anything that crippled Superman. Yes, I know. We Yeah. Yeah. Christopher Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back in the city, Burke. <laughs> I just don't fucking like horses. I don't get it. I know. Um Back in the city, Burke Lakefront Airport had to shut down a runway for half an hour after it was quickly covered in a thick blanket of balloons. The remainder of the day was utter pandemonium. And speaking of lakefront, let's not forget Lake Erie herself, where event planners estimated that 10% of the balloons would gradually come to rest and could be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. But instead of 10% of the balloons settling down a lake hours later, not... Mm -hmm. um, 65% 65% of the balloons released rocketed down on the lake almost immediately. Up until now, though obviously a tremendous fuck-up, mm-hmm. Balloon Fest had been a very colorful and almost comical disaster. Mm-hmm. Like. But it's once the United Way's cargo hit the surface of, the surface of Lake Erie <clears throat> that things turned tragic. On September 26th, the day before Balloon Fest, Skip Sullivan and Raymond Broderick, both only 40 years old, set out on Lake Erie in their 16-foot boat for a day of fishing. They never came back. Yikes. Yes. The families of the men were uh, families reported the men missing the morning of the festival the next day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the Coast Guard began a search shortly after. The fisherman's boat was spotted before too long, uh, anchored a ways out on the lake, but Skip and Raymond were nowhere to be seen. 
just as Coast Guardsmen set Did out they in their hop boat. in a house that was hooked to a bunch of balloons and <laughs> This is the tragic part. It's the sad part. God damn it. No, they didn't do that. I'm I feel sorry. bad for these poor guys. Yes, that does suck. I'm trying to I'm starting to lose my voice now, so I'm getting husky. I sound more compassionate. You are getting husky. Look at them titties. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. That's everything. Like, who do you do that show with? You know, the uh, fucking husky guy with the, the titties and the yellow teeth. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. I don't mean to be offensive to the, mm-hmm. the men who passed away. So, so. Anyway, Skip and Raymond were nowhere to be seen. Just as Coast Guardsmen uh, set out in their own boats to find the missing men, the balloons started to fall all around them, covering the surface of the lake and making the search virtually impossible. As Coast Guardsmen explained in interviews during the search and after, they were combing the lake looking for two men in orange life jackets with heads about the size of a balloon Uh. on the surface of a lake covered in about a million balloons. Wow. A twist of fate so cruel that if this weren't Cleveland, it would sound made up. But it wasn't made up. And two days later, the bodies of the two men washed on shore. Mm-hmm. Both the United Way of Cleveland and Balloon Art by Treb were later sued by the wife of one of the fishermen. I'm not actually sure which one. Um, to the tune of $3.2 million. And uh, after a while, <clears throat> it seemed like maybe the balloons would wind up taking care of themselves. Because almost like seemingly overnight, the uh, pesky buggers began to disappear off the surface of the lake. Where did they go? They were biodegradable, I thought. Well, not that fast. Anyway, so where did they go? This is a question posed by a Cleveland Channel 8 news correspondent on camera next to Lake Erie, with the waves crashing against the break wall next to her. And they're gone. Where did they all go? Well, just like the similarly colorful draft dodgers of the the two decades prior, they went to Canada. (laughs) Oh. Uh, For days afterward, there were reports across the Canadian side of Lake Erie of thousands of balloons wow. washing up on shore like sad little latex refugees. Oh, wow. America's far more responsible <clears throat> upstairs neighbor left to pick up after a party that she wasn't even invited to. And that's the 1986 Cleveland Balloon Fest disaster. Wow, that sounds enjoyable. Not really. That sounds pretty miserable. It would have been incredible to I, see. If it had <laughs> gone off like they said it was going to, that probably yeah. would have been fine, but... Uh... Yeah, that's a that's a shitty festival ending, I would say. I don't understand. This is a thing. And I I why we have to do stunts for charity. Why it's always a stunt. Why don't you just do a podcast and just let one of your hosts donate to charity? I mean, you don't have to like I don't <laughs> have to go sounds outside oddly and, familiar. Yeah, it's just just an example. I mean, I I had I'm telling you, man I had a whole fucking thing in here where I had like my little I went off I had like four or five of the examples of these wild like stunts people did for charity yeah I don't know it was one like William Shatner when he auctioned off his kidney stone there's these guys that got shot twenty three thousand times with paintball guns like why can't you just donate the money right. I mean obviously like who thought this was a good idea that's what I want to know. That's like our show. Who thought it was a good idea? I did. Yeah. 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 I love it. What are you getting at? (laughs) I I donate the money. But this is. (laughs) This is. I get your entertainment. (laughs) Win win. This is the 80s. Mm Because I can remember being a kid and there was nothing better about a balloon than letting go of it. 
Yeah, watching watch it, it disappear. Yeah. You never Long gave it gun? another thought. Nope. You know, it's like shooting a gun into the air. That's Except, a horrible idea. <laughs> I mean, it just comes back slowly and it kills a squirrel or something. No, balloon. no, no. No, the balloon, not the bullet. No, the bullet will definitely kill people. No, I looked it up. It said the bullets go to heaven. And it says you shoot a fucking gun in the air and they no, go straight to no, heaven. They don't come do back Do not down. do that. <laughs> do not do that. All don't right, shoot never mind. guns I might have been into the air. But I, this the was trajectory a trajectory <laughs> will definitely kill people. Um, now that, that's that's pretty much it. That's uh, it was wow. it was a huge disaster. The United Way was, and um, I it has to be said that um, I know how the uh, lawsuits go. Oh, not good. Well, okay, so uh, they both settled. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only two that I know of. I'm sure there were more. Oh yeah, but they both settled out of court or whatever, and they won't. They wouldn't actually see what the you amount can't was. Can't disclose. But, yeah. Um, from what I understand. Uh, as far as charity goes, I know that there's a lot of charities that are a little shady, and that like you're supposed mm-hmm. to actually look into these things. United Way actually seems like a decent one. Yeah, they do pretty good. Yeah, but just they all just around. had a botched event. Well, they they donate to or they. What do I put? It's all local. There's all local branches. It's not like one giant thing. Mm-hmm. So it's very community focused, okay. and they seem to have a pretty good reputation. So it's a shame that this didn't work for them. That's what I'm saying. Just another mistake on the lake. I was going to say that at the end. By a crunk rapper. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) Just trying to get up. I have to say, though, I love Need for Speed Underground. Such a good game. I think about it all the time. Yeah, on GameCube? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. That was a lot of fun. Take me back. Simpler times. His balls were on the walls and the windows. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Skeeting all over everything. (laughs) Uh, One thing I will say about Cleveland, there was a a really good uh, festival that I saw online a few years ago. I, I think Warp Tour now, they only do, like, occasionally. They don't have a full tour anymore, last I knew. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Well, they had a special date in Cleveland two, three years ago, several years ago. And it was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And uh, Hawthorne Heights played a big set there. Oh, really? Yeah, and they have their famous song, Ohio is for Lovers. Yeah. And it was such an awesome thing to see. I've had I, it's th- on YouTube. Check it out. I will check that out. We've had them on quite a bit lately because uh-huh. one station on Spotify that we can agree on is the uh, uh, Emo Forever Yeah, the two, so 2000s I, Emo. And yeah. Right, yeah. It puts me in a really good mood. Yeah, so the, the Hawthorne, it's it's a good good show. It's a, It was fun to watch. I have nothing against Cleveland. Because watching it, it was, I think, like 2017 maybe. And it's all a bunch of like aging emo kids in the crowd. Like they got their kids with them. It's the people so it's who us. look like us. Yeah. 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 Just hanging yeah. out. Like no one's really moshing yeah. too hard. Tattoos just that don't look quite as good uh-huh. as they did 20 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got some real cool ones. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so, yes, that was festivals. There yeah. was some really shitty things that happened around festivals. Oh, I don't read more rock history stuff. Like yeah. that shit's fun. It was fucking bonkers that um, whole thing. So we're uh, we're gonna have a soft serve here in a couple weeks, and we really are because mm-hmm. that one's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Soft really serve will happen. Uh, we'll let you know about. There's a little special catch to it when we have it. What? I'm not telling you until the show. Our soft serve coming up. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I know where it is. Yeah. You told me already. I told you already. Forgot. <laughs> I don't know when the next one's coming out after that because we haven't even picked the subject yet. Yeah. I oh. made a list of 43 things. We'll, that I we'll to have do. to hash it out. So Hash is one of them. 
Like hashish or hash like browns. hash browns? Hash browns. Now you're speaking episode. my language. Ooh, breakfast episode. That'd oh, be that'd fun. be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I had something else I wanted to say. <clears throat> I said to myself earlier, like, remember to say that at the end, and then I forgot what it was. Didn't write it down? No notes? It's not on my notes. Oh, somebody beat us. Somebody beat me to Robin Hobb. What do you mean? That I wanted to do a podcast with her. Matt, oh. My brother texted yesterday, and Brian McClellan, the epic fantasy author, uh, does uh, uh, Powder Mage Trilogy. And I'll just, I won't get into all of it. Um, he's doing a podcast called Page Break, where he interviews other fantasy authors. He's already yeah. had Peter V. Brad on there, and they're supposed to do one with Robin Hobb. I'm very excited. What's the name of the episode like? What I don't know. It's just or, or what's, it, what's, what's like the, uh, the name of the podcast? What was that? Page Break. Page break. Yeah. Well, okay. you don't make fun of Brian McClellan. No, I was just not going to make any joke about them not knowing the touch of a woman or any, like... Uh, I think he's married. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I bet. <laughs> to what, an elf or something? All oh, right. <laughs> anyway. All right, we need to close this out. This show ran long. Again, we uh, kind of apologize, but we don't because it's the only one we got for July That's so far, and we're late to the show, so... How long is this? Uh, we're an hour 20 in so far. So. I can't wait to remember whatever that was once we're done. Yeah, you'll tell oh, me. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I was reading this thing. This is the last thing I have to say. Probably be better for a stop, or whatever. I was reading the thing about when a song gets stuck in your head, mm-hmm. if it repeats over and over and over again, mm-hmm. it's actually good for your brain. Good. Yes. So I put, I've had uh, Queen's uh, Don't Stop Me Now playing on a repeat in my mind camper. Your, oh, your mind. <laughs> yeah, your mind balance is down better. to it. Yeah. It's okay. the size of a camper because it's easier to find things. Uh, that's good. That's all I got, I that's think. That's good. Yeah, that's it. I uh, I think that's the end of it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to check us out, Instagram at TS Podcast Official. Uh, should have some more content coming for you in a couple weeks here. And uh, I can't fucking wait. Yeah. I just sit in this stinking room the rest of the day. I well, if we had more to talk about, maybe someday we can. Okay. Or we can have a whole nother side episode or something, and people will be like, "Why do you still listen to these idiots?" Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. We, see everybody uh, in a couple weeks. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye for now. Uh-huh.